What is happening, fellow fantasy GMs? I am JJ Wang. He's the bearded one, DJ Dog. With our powers combined, we are the fantasy career. So, 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 JJ Wang. We are in training camp season. Have they finally started? I've been, I've been kind of off the, off the rails a little bit here the past week. Is Oh yeah, is- there's there's teams reporting. That'll be sort of the hit up of some of our first couple of news and notes here. Rookies have been in for most teams for a little bit. Um, some of the earlier teams are reporting. The I don't have a whole list in front of me of who all. I'm sure the Hall of Fame. Is there a Hall of Fame game? It might have been uh, much- yeah, I don't know. I think uh, it got nixed. Let's see. I hate the preseason so much. Oh, oh I, I don't watch it. I just pray that no one um that no no one gets hurt. And but then again, if you Want to see a very interesting? I don't think there is a. Oh, it's the Raiders versus the Jags. I mean, but, I like both. I like both those teams, but I mean, no, <laughs> I don't want to watch those guys play. But, but if you want to hear, see an interesting article, I was reading a thing last night. Ben Roethlisberger, who um, everybody has something different to say, but I've seen him like I've seen him speak at some of my church conferences. Dude has grown up. Like he's he's a much different guy than you know. Everybody is everybody remembers what happened years ago. The stuff that we can't because it's a family podcast. But he was like, you know, these players today are so coddled. He's like, I, I don't blame them. He's like, when I came in, Tom Tomlin never coddled me. I never got coddled back at Ohio, or I, I never ever. And he's like, some of these guys through the NIL stuff in college, they're getting paid from the time they're eighteen, taken care of. Coaches are wanting to give them money. They come in. I mean, think about how little practice these guys really do compared to what they did when we when we were kids. You'd hear about them practicing all these OTA stuff together, and now it's like, oh, we can't. If you practice too much with too many pads, you lose practices and you get fined. I really don't. I mean, I, I mean, I, this might be a little worse, but it was what ten years ago, fifteen, twenty years ago. Dude, it's been like fifteen years, twenty years. years. That's a long. Think about us twenty years ago. I mean, We're old. No difference than the guys in the you know seventies saying it about the guys in the eighties, and then the Money. guys in the nineties saying it about the guys in the you know it, it goes on forever and ever. Every ten years, somebody comes out and says this. We all know the NFL is different, and you're just jealous that you're not able to take advantage of it. So, I mean, I would be, I would be too. These guys got it made, and they should because they bring in a lot of money. So, and I miss a good Oklahoma drill. You're not going to see that anymore because they might get hurt. Like I, I still, I still think they're a little, they're, they're, they're more muscular, they're more musclier, they're stronger, they're bigger, they're faster. But it just seems like they don't, they, they don't, they're, they're afraid to get hurt because the money is so big. Whereas when they weren't making money, those dudes were pounding each other and then going to work at, you know, they, they were doing our jobs on the side during the off season. They're, they're working in the butcher shop. They're working, building houses, things like that. Then season comes in, they're strong. They're, they're country strong and they're playing a game. But these guys are still bigger, stronger than faster than all those guys were in the past. So, I mean, it's, I mean, and now these guys are able to take advantage of the money. I mean, jeez. Mm-hmm. I mean, let's, I can't blame them give, for that. let's give them props. I mean, it's time these guys get their due. They're the ones doing all the work. They should be the ones getting paid. So you would say our podcast is like 1960s running back. 
running backs who are making no money. We're kind of scrawny, scrumbly. And then you're looking at the other guys we listen to, and they're like the new guys. They're all big and strong. And, and speaking of that, we are the Fantasy Couriers. Check us out on Twitter. Email us at thefantasycouriers.gmail.com. If you like a good conversation, I've been posting daily comments on the Facebook page at the Fantasy Couriers. It's been cool conversations. I'm going to mention one here during our, um, our main conversation today. We talk about the negative zone. But Hit us up on any of those. YouTube, we got some videos this week. We have a bunch of treats for you. If you've been watching the page, I've been recorded. I recorded and talked about all the rounds of a startup draft I recently did. I couldn't that. That's not even a word, is it? Anyway, I mean, if and, you want to make it a word, I know, I know what you mean. <laughs> I combobulate. It's it's our country term. I combobulated it into a YouTube video and just recorded it as a podcast. If you want to listen to it, talking about players that win. So if you're looking to start up draft, what does it look like in 2022? None of them are the same because humans are humans and humans will change. But we have that coming out Tuesday, Thursday. We have the second in our educational series of what are different kinds of leagues. Hopefully that's helping some people as they're getting started. Hopefully it helps people to diversify too. Like taking a home league and making it into an auction league, that would be kind of fun. If you need, really you need an auctioneer and people just to sort of be there because eventually you've got to bid on someone, I would say. And you gotta be, you gotta find somebody that's willing to keep up with the money. Mm-hmm. I mean, you gotta be. Like, I'm not saying it's a lot of work, but like you said, you gotta have that. You said you made a program where it automatically already does uh, all I, that. I can't take credit for that. It's our buddy Doug. Oh yeah, yeah, it's all Doug. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just Doug. copy it every year, so he makes it easy for us. Um, appreciate it's that. It's available. If anybody wants it, hit me up. I'll email it to you. So yeah, because I would still be writing it on a piece of paper, subtracting like that. It might take a while. Uh, I might let you lead. I might get some extra dollars out of that. So anyway, a couple of news and notes. As we are getting into training camp, the the pup list is the popular thing right now. Guys aren't getting hurt because there's really not. They're coming in hurt. So we're looking. I'm going to give you a couple of guys that are on the pup list. And I want you to give me some just quick hit reactions. What exactly does the pup list mean? They can't play uh, for any parts of the season? No, this is this is the, the training camp. The training training camp, camp, no, not even that. Training camp pup list means right now you're physically unable to perform. During training camp, you can come off at any moment you want. Once it gets to the regular season, if you're on the pup list, they adjusted it. It used to be six weeks. I want to say they moved it down to four weeks this year at their, given that let them come back sooner. You can come off of this at any time right now. Yeah, you can come off of it any time right now. It could be long term, could be short term. But for the there, there's three different scenarios going on within this pup list discussion to have. That's why I want to see what your thoughts are here. So sometimes it's guys coming off injury. So we basically have the entire Baltimore backfield. J.K. Dobbins, who's having a, a, a sort of a tisk right now with Ian Rappaport. He yes. said he might not be ready for one. Dobbins is like, oh, I sure will. Um, and then you got Gus Edwards, both of them coming off of injuries. Dobbins supposedly a little bit worse than Edwards. But they're on the pup list right now, meaning that Tyler Batty um, – Mike Davis probably won't let him play because they don't even get hurt. Justice Hill's still reps. on the team, right? Do what? Justice Hill's still on the team? Oh, probably. I, I've heard zero Justice Hill tried, even from Baltimore people. So <laughs> he's but but Justice Hill's hurt too. So he's I didn't even uh, see his name on the pup list. He might not. I don't know. But Dobbins and Edwards on the pup to start. What are your feelings on them going through preseason, heading into this season with them starting there? I mean, it's tough. I mean, if Dobbins says he's going to be ready, I mean, it's not like it's coming from a reporter saying Dobbins is going to be ready. It's saying Dobbins is going to be ready. And this, I guess this is just them not willing to risk it at, at this point. It's just giving him a, some more free time and, you know, just uh, rehab. I think Do- if Dobbins says he's going to be ready, I'll 
take Dobbins' word for it. I mean, of course, the player is always going to say he's going to be ready, too, so it doesn't matter. But, I mean, and Edwards, I have no idea. I haven't heard anything about Edwards at all. So he's not really mm. as Dobbins is on the radar. So it's time. I just, you just need some more time for these guys to get ready, I guess. We'll see how – I like to, I like, to I like to see Dobbins back. I mean, we've been waiting for him a while. Yeah, and he's oddly enough, he's a guy coming into the league. I was never big on. I drafted him in the league because he was there, but I I, I didn't have him anywhere. But recently, for some reason, there's something. I've, I've got this gut feeling. There's no, I mean, dude, coming off a knee injury, you probably don't want, especially one that supposedly got worse. But there's something like, I, I don't know. I have this. He's my gut feeling guy this year. Like if we ever did something called a gut feeling episode, Dobbins would be close to my number one gut feeling guy. That I just feel something good's gonna come here because they want to run in Baltimore. Obviously, in his rookie year, didn't he? I think he had nine touchdowns, something to that effect, and he he looked solid. Like I thought last year he was gonna come on, and I traded him away because I'm a dope. But there, there's a gut feeling weird thing about him going on to you know. I've heard, I forget how, it was Christmas three years ago. It was the last time, somewhere around there, that Michael Thomas scored a touchdown. No, there was a playoff win, apparently. But Michael Thomas is on the pup list. Is this dude ever going to play again? If so, where does where does he fall in the spectrum of fantasy? Who knows, man? It's been, like you said, it's been two years since he's actually played. I have no idea, man. I don't know if he ever plays again. It's been the same injury, right? It's his ankle. Ankle, ankle. injury. Yeah, so, I here and there, but if it's not healed after two years, I mean, you don't think it's going to get much better than it is right now. So <laughs> it's got. I don't know. And he's getting older. I mean, obviously he's getting older. We are getting older, but he's got. He's got to be pushing thirty, right? He's. I think he's twenty nine off the top of my head. But yeah, I mean, Thomas coming in like. I had some hopes for him, and I was like, you know, he he was great, big guy. Maybe maybe the new, maybe Jameis will hit him in there. He won't have all the pre- – like before, I mean, there were other receivers, but not – I think he has a better receiving core than he did then. Because, hey, guess I drafted Troutman in my league the other day, by the way. He'd be so proud oh, of me. Nice. But, I mean, he's got Alave on one side who could could be – he could have the best rookie year if Thomas doesn't play. He's got Jarvis Landry who will take some of the pressure off. That dude could – get a bajillion catches this year and i was like hey that would help him to fit back in he's not going to do what he did his rookie year ever again but if you can if he plays to what he should play you're looking at a, at least a mid wide receiver too which would be great at the price he's costing i would right no parts of that with michael thomas i don't think michael thomas would get back to that level honestly ever but yeah we'll see so the the, la- the I mean, last the last oh no, go ahead, go ahead. It's, it's, I, I, I just don't think you would, but yeah, keep going to the next. I want to talk about the next guy. The, I have four here that I'm putting together because they sort of bunch into the same kind of dilemma. We're looking at Christian Watson, David Bell. Is it Bellinger? Is that the Bellinger, the tight end from, yeah, from New York? Giants. I forgot his first name. Daniel. Um, Daniel Bellinger, thank you. And Justin Ross, four rookies starting their rookie training camp on the pup. Uh oh. Yeah, it's not great. Um, so the guy that I want to bring up, of course, is Watson because I mean everybody thought Watson was going to be that guy. But if you're not earning like earning the trust of Aaron Rodgers early, it's going to be hard to break through. Ask Armani Rodgers. I mean, he didn't even play. Hopefully, I like this. Maybe Armani Rodgers gets a little more run. I, I think it's a good year. That they just just makes more of a statement for Alan Lazard, right? Oh, <laughs> I am. 
Mm. If you didn't have, I'm sitting there going through my leagues, like, where can I get Alan Lazard? Oh, <laughs> dang it. JJ Wang has him everywhere that we have leagues. I'm trying to, I got him in a couple leagues as well. And I'm best balling the heck out of some Alan Lazard. I, I just think he's going to, after our last week's discussion, I had a guy I was discussing with on another message board called like, what, what, talking about receivers that could jump up. And I was like, Lazard. And he's like, whatever. He's not, I was like, dude, here, look at Jordy Nelson. Look at, look at Devontae. I was like, we talked about it. Like, Boom! Alan Lazard's gonna blow up this year, and if, I mean, doesn't he doesn't have a choice, right? It's if yeah. if Alan Lazard doesn't play well, then the Packers are not uh, Packers aren't going to be good. He's literally the only receiver they got. Uh, I mean, my other hope I do have some Amari Rogers share, so I will take some of him blowing up because he was so good. And he was so good for Clemson. Yeah, I like to watch like, him. I don't think it. I don't. I think there's no other way this goes. Alan Lazard is. <laughs> Bunch of targets, right? I don't see it going any other way. Aaron I could Jones. be, I could be completely wrong, but I just don't see it going any other way. And on that team, Tanyan is also still recovering from his ACL. He's on there, but he's—I didn't throw him in there because you don't like tight ends, so I want to keep yeah. it quiet. But, uh, but we're looking also. I mean, you got Bell in Cleveland, who I, I think most of us thought would be okay, but we're waiting. He needs Watson, correct? Oh yeah, I don't think I don't think I don't really expect too much out of him. He might not get any run this year, honestly. Of this four, Bellinger was the guy who I thought would have the best rookie year, honestly, because he is right now trending as the number one in New York. And if if you if you can be a number one tight end, there's always possibilities you get the touchdowns with Dable up there in the Giants. Maybe Jones something clicks. I don't know, but Jones isn't he's gonna fall over the one yard line or throw to a tight end would be my thought. And Bellinger has has looked really well, and the coaches have been ha- heaping praises on him. Yeah, I picked him up somewhere. I don't know anything about the guy. I picked I picked him up in a league, so I'm, I guess I'm rooting for him now because I got him somewhere. But like the next guy is the guy that I was <laughs> before. That's Justin Ross. I mean, not good for him to already be on the on the uh, pup list, missing time. It's not good for an undrafted rookie. It's gonna be really hard for him to make the team anyway. I guess I guess maybe a practice squad guy. Maybe you can always bring him. Bringing back, we'll see. But yeah, that's he needs to be on the field as much as possible. I think. Yeah, I mean, coaches have been really liking what they saw from him. It seems like Andy Reid saw that it was something with this ankle that he, it was from his last November injury, and he, they sort of hint, told him to go get this done. So maybe that means they see a future with him. And putting him on practice squad is going to risk someone else grabbing him. So they'll have to decide that when the time comes. But yeah, there's there's pup guys. More are going to come through in the upcoming weeks. We'll hit them up as we get in. Hopefully. No injuries come through because I don't want to talk about that stuff. I mean, we'll be talking about it all year. It happens all. Can't get away from it, man. Yeah, just so we can go back to the Ben Roethlisberger days where they just tackle every practice to get hurt more and more, right? That's what we want. We want. I want less of these guys in training camp, right? Less in the preseason. <laughs> I want them play. I don't want them doing any any work at all. Well, I'll tell you what, Justin Ross wants more training camp because well, training camp is not training camp is really not about the J.K. Dobbins, the Michael Thomas is yeah, the best. Training camp is about the Justin Rosses. The you, you go deep. It's it's that fourth string receiver who might. I mean, um, who was the uh, the salsa guy from the Giants years ago? Um, oh, I know who you're talking about. Oh man, I'm brain farting in the middle of recording. I should, uh, if I was a professional, I'd pause this and figure out what his name yeah. is. Um, and I'll probably pause it and say his name in a little bit here, but you know, those guys that come out from nowhere, you, you look at like that third string running back who might all of a sudden take over. Maybe this is what will have them go. Ooh, Marlon Mack's not that good, but Pierce looks pretty money. Yeah. I mean, that's how, that's how training camp goes. It's for the lower guys trying to make rosters, not for these guys 
that already are on the team. We don't need to see them out there. Yeah, don't get them hurt. I remember how many people have been in a draft. I mean, last year, you're looking at all the drafts for all the um, all the running backs for the the Ravens went down. <laughs> Everybody, I, I've heard story Victor Cruz. I've heard yeah. stories of guys. Yeah, you were in, I think, one where somebody drafted Gus Edwards and bam, J.K. Dobbs, bam, Justice Hill, bam. We all got we all got hit there at the entire time. Yeah, it happens, man. So that's why you got you got to prepare for it going in, man. The last couple of weeks, we've pretty much been talking about guys that we're sort of high on, guys we like, maybe guys we like more than others. Just in general, guys. This week, we thought we would enter the negative zone. Yeah, this is this is the hardest part about fantasy. I like to be positive on everybody, and I really don't like to talk about the people that I really don't like. So, I like everything to be positive. So, th- this was actually kind of a harder concept than I thought to put together when I started doing it. I have to agree with you. As I was sitting there, I was like, holy cow. The negative zone, I was thinking, these are guys that maybe I'll never draft, but I've come to the point where there is no such a guy that I'll never draft, and it's probably because I have too many teams. Um, generally, for me, some of the guys, so I, I ignore some guys that I usually talk down about. Like, I'm not a big Swift fan. We know that, but I'm still trying to get him. Um, I did post it. I posted it on the Fantasy Couriers Facebook page, and the you know who the most popular one was that that people are pretty much smitten on or not smitten are pretty much snake bitten on uh the running back yeah it's a running back not one of ours i don't think we have here maybe i'm thinking maybe like mccaffrey or henry maybe tomorrow oh you're, you're you're pretty close a couple of people said cmc was a little too hot little too high there was a lot of saquon barkley and that, that makes sense because i mean i'm on that train i feel like every i feel like that train is a lot longer than the train that's got that's got a lot of people on it so, i mean yeah i'm the weirdo like i am probably the only person left who is like i think i think he's finally gonna get it i'll be suckered for barkley forever i don't know why it could be because he's Built crazy. Michael Thomas was a popular one. Damaged goods was the word used for Michael Thomas. Barkley is a popular one. Your boy David Montgomery was mentioned in there. Even had a, a sectional thread there about Cam Akers. Uh, a guy whose league I just joined, Jared, was talking about Cam Akers. And a couple of guys re- retorted like, hey, he's the number one over there. But you are coming off an Achilles, and who does that? You got the standard Julio. He's getting a little long in the tooth. I think that one's an easy one. Yeah, Zeke I, think, is, I, Zeke. Think, I don't think anybody really should be on the fence about Julio. I think everybody's off the fence on that one. Oh, I, I'm digging a hole below the fence. Yeah. Building some new fence, probably. Yeah. Hopkins in yeah. redraft. Melvin Gordon off, getting pushed I was off on Hopkins. I was on, off on Hopkins last year, so I was a little ahead of the train on that one. Uh, one that I was ahead but got me in the tail a lot. Tyler Lockett was a popular. And, ooh, George Kittle injuries. Well, it's a popular I, yeah, I don't think I'm off the of George. Eh, George Kittle's a good not, one. I mean, George Kittle's a good one, but I don't think I'm. I don't think I'm on the fence about him yet. I'll yeah, bring I, up. I'll bring up a tight end a little later that I'm on the fence about. I like him more. I, I think a lot of it comes down to who has nipped you in the tail. One guy even mentioned Keenan Allen because apparently in the fantasy playoffs a couple years ago he got the big old goose egg. Well, I wanted to. I wanted to bring him up, but if you think about it, Keenan Allen's kind of kind of like got in the pass. Like he's yeah. that older receiver that nobody talks about declining because he's older he's kind of just like slid under the radar because he's just because he's never been like a top top guy he's always been like a consistent like 
mid, like mid guy. So nobody really talks about him on that level. But I mean, his production might start declining too. So I mean, that's a good one as well. Yeah, I'm a Keenan Allen guy. I mean, like could he be an Adam Thielen type guy who just sort of sneaks through? Everybody's waiting for Adam Thielen. He didn't throw up there, but because Adam Thielen just scores touchdowns, he just scores touchdowns. That's, that's all he does. So let's let's jump into this. Um, as to our guys, we got a couple guys. Probably won't do all of them, but I'm I'm going to start with a very controversial one. My guys and the guys I picked are all fairly top guys. They are guys that I'm thinking my negative zone is that I don't know if I want to pay the premium for them. And my first guy is one of the most popular guys in football, and that's Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow came off of an amazing year. Don't get me wrong. Dude threw last year for 4,600 yards, 34 touchdowns, but 14 interceptions. And I, I think part of me is, was that a career year? Is Chase going to have that second year dropout? There's, I've, I see arguments where T. Higgins could be better, but that's neither here nor there. But I could use Chase. But Joe Burrow's getting drafted really early. He gets thrown up in there. I almost wanted to say Herbert, but I couldn't do it. I just I just couldn't bring myself to say Herbert because I, I kind of like where he's going because I think they're both sort of in the same kind of boat, though, where there's not a lot of rushing upside. They both had amazing career years. He's riding the Super Bowl, tra the Super Bowl train there. And... There's just something about that feels weird this year. He's just gonna he is in a a division with some decent squads, and there's gonna be a target on their back this year. Could Joe Burrow disappoint at the draft value he's gonna come in at? See, my my thing is, I think Joe Burrow's season last year is probably going to be pretty close to what he puts together every year. So, if you expect Burrow to be that same guy. Or do you expect Burrow to be better than he was last year? I don't think Burrow is going to be – I don't think Burrow can really get much better than he was last year. And I think 4,600 yards, 30 touchdowns is what Joe Burrow is going to give you every year, I think, and that, especially with that offense and the way the NFL is going. Uh, so, well, I mean, so isn't that every quarterback these days, though? Yeah, like exactly. So, I mean, if you got to pay a lot for him, I, I, I wouldn't pay a lot for him. Yeah, I would not pay like, – I don't pay a lot for a quarterback anyway – but, yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, if you want to go early quarterback, Burrow's probably not the way to go for the ceiling part of it. But I think he's going to, he's going to be a solid QB1 his whole career. Yeah, and, that, and that's sort of where I fall with him. Joe Burrow on half point is QB7. So you're, you're looking at somebody who's going to be drafted fairly early where I could see Kirk Cousins having the same kind of numbers. Trevor Lawrence, Matt Ryan is going to be 19. Derek Carr can put up the exact same numbers as Joe Burrow. Yeah, Derek Carr. I mean, I see a number of guys that yeah. I could draft later. And a lot of it, like my brain also thinks most of our leagues are, I've got a couple, one QB leagues, but mostly they're generally two QB or super flexes. So Joe Burrow gets drafted a little early. It's like, is is he worth missing a better wide receiver, better running back. And that's rough all with him. He's going to yeah. be great. He's not going to be And one quarterback, Lee, I mean, I don't think, think there's not a whole lot of quarterbacks that uh -uh. I would give or any of them. So. Josh Allen, barely. Yeah, barely. <laughs> you know, but, um, so the way I did mine are guys that are kind of a little lower um, that I kind of, that I kind of like, but I don't know if I like them enough. And that, so my first guy is Jerry Judy. Like, so coming in, you know, he was one of those, he's, he's going to be great. He's going to be great. But he's done nothing but disappoint since he's been in. He played 16 games in his first season. Stats weren't great. He only had three touchdowns. And then the second year is even worse. Oh, my goodness. So Started five year, games. Yeah, second year he's even worse. He only played 10 games. Not impressive at all. And 
but the only thing is lack of quarterback in those first two seasons. Now with Russell Wilson coming in, you hope for something a little better. But even with um, Russell Wilson as quarterback, his receivers were boom and bust last year. His receivers have always been kind of boom or bust, I, I feel like. They, you have a big game or they're not going to have, you know, they're just going to have an A game. So are we going to get that or are we going to get the player we all hope Jerry Judy becomes, you know, that high-end wide receiver too? It's just, it's it's tough. I just don't know where to land right now. Yeah, I, you're not going to argue. You you got me on this one. I'm looking at um, his his teammates even make me like Judy less. Like there's argument to put Tim Patrick ahead of Judy. I wouldn't, I wouldn't go spots. I, I wouldn't draft him higher. I mean, I think Tim Patrick's a better value than Judy maybe because of what you get out of what you got. But you're looking at Cortland Sutton. The year before Judy came, had 72 receptions for 1,100 yards and six touchdowns with the same garbage quarterbacks that Judy's had to deal with. He had 776 and two touchdowns, so it wasn't great last year, but it was. He looked a lot better than Judy did, and he's the big receiver. And supposedly, Russ and him are having a good connection. So I think that's. I think that's even more of a, more so than Judy stinking it up the joint. It's just that Russ is going to spread the ball, and I think Sutton. I'm on Team Sutton. I think you're on Team Judy, but I think Sutton's going to tear it up. I think I'm, I'm on, definitely on Team Judy, but the problem with Judy is, like, his catch percentage wasn't – in his first year, his catch percentage was 46. That's that's not good at all. By his second season, it was um, I was up um, 68, which is definitely better. And if, So if he can play a full 16 or 17 games with Russell, it's probably a little better. I think the 70 targets for 1,100 yards is what you can get out of Jerry Judy, you know, with, with Russell Wilson playing a full 17 games. So I think that's what we can get if if it happens. But so you want to go next, or you want me to go ahead and do it again? I'll go for it. All right. So my next guy, let me see here. So we're going to go with another wide receiver here on um, another rookie that was came in hot, and that's Chase Claypool. So they drafted George Pickens. So now there's three good receivers. Um, you got Fryermuth, who's a good tight end, and plus you also got Najee Harris, who catches a lot of passes. What he did with Big Ben. Um, his seasons have been pretty much exactly the same, except for the touchdowns. Oh, yeah. Touchdowns in his rookie season, he had nine, and then the second one, he had two. But everything else is the same. Targets, receptions, yards, pretty much all the same across the board. So it's just, where where is he going to land? Is he going to be closer to the two touchdowns, closer to the nine touchdowns? I mean, that's a big difference. I mean, I know you're not paying a whole lot for him, but, I mean, you still, if you're going to draft him that high, you still like possibly a wide receiver three. You want to know what you're going to get. You don't want the two touchdowns, that's for sure. Yeah, uh, I'm with you on him. I think this year he's going to be a more well-rounded receiver. You're not going to get the super touchdowns. I think we're a year away from the cha- the Claypool breakout because this year he'll be building up as that wide receiver two. Next year, Deontay's gone. That would boost him up to take the role of the wide receiver one there. It depends if he meshes well with Pickett or not. And then Pickens will come in to be the two. They could be a 1A, 1B. Or Pickens overtakes him. Who knows? Like, Claypool's a big boy. He he showed some flashes that I think he could be decent. I think he's more, for me, a dynasty stasher and redraft. Only later, later, later will I even think about him. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm, I mean it's definitely a late pick. Like I said, he's just one of those guys. I mean, he could definitely boom. It wouldn't surprise me. But it's tough right now. My next guy is a guy that I get everywhere. Somehow, the fantasy gods say, hey, have him fall to you and be a guy that you can't pass up on. So I have him on every team. I've traded him on a couple teams. I just, after saying how much I'm not a fan of him, just took him in my most recent startup draft, and that is A.J. Brown. 
A.J. Brown came from a running team where he was touted as like the greatest receiver in the world. He has never eclipsed 1,075 yards. He had He's had a decent, tu- decent touchdowns if he's healthy at 8, 11, and then 5. He One worry amongst the community is his knees. His knees are eventually going to wear out big boy bum knees going to wear out eventually and he was but everybody argues well he was on a running team derrick henry was running for a bajillion yards Tannehill was game management Uh uh-oh isn't he coming to the team with the one of the top ranked offensive lines right now and a running team and a running quarterback so he's it's a lateral move to have him come into philadelphia now do i think he's going to be uh putts no do i think he's going to be a lot of people have him some people push him into the wide receiver one. I think he's a maybe a late wide receiver one, maybe early, more of a wide receiver two, but being drafted as a one. And A.J. Brown scares me from that point because Smith looks so good, and I'm rooting for him because I want Hurts to do well, but he scares me a little bit. Oh, absolutely. I mean, of course, he, not only is he going from coming – going from a running team, coming to a running team. He's also what makes even more of a negative here. He's coming from a team where there was very few options to a team where now he's got to compete for targets. He didn't have to compete for targets in, in Tennessee. He was the guy. Now you got another first-round pick in Devonta Smith, and then you got a you know a legit tight end that really came on at the end of last year. So he's he's going to be fighting for targets unlike he did and Tennessee. So that's a tough one. I mean, AJ, definitely a guy I'm on the fence about. I don't know which way to go with him. Yeah, I'm sticking with controversy here with my next guy. My next guy is one of your favorite guys. He's a dynasty darling. I mean, there's been arguments in tight end premiums from him to be the number one pick even. That's Kyle Pitts. And I'm thinking strictly redraft this year. Kyle Pitts is going to come into this year basically as the tight end one, wide receiver one for the Atlanta Falcons. Kyle Pitts' quarterback is Marcus Mariota or Desmond Ritter. Kyle Pitts is going to be double teamed, triple teamed. He's a big boy, 6'6", 246. And I'm on the fence more because I'm wondering how is he going to handle all of this super quadruple team? Like I really, I I could see a breakout for Edwards or London because they're going to have man-on-man coverage because everybody's going to be like, I'm not worried about him. It's It's this Pitts kid. Like, I honestly could see him getting more touchdowns and maybe less yards. I don't know. Like, he worries me because to get him, you've got to pay up a little bit. Whereas I think a couple of the tight ends down the list could have equal, if not better. And I'm thinking like Dalton Schultz could have a similar season. Could Komet step up this year? Because if you look at his when Fields came in per game, his yardage and stuff was fairly decent looking. Is it worth the pay up for Pitts this year? I mean, it's not like, especially asking me because I'm not a tight end guy anyway. So, I mean, I I got the, I just had the option to pick Pitts in in that best ball league, and I went with ETN instead. I'm just not a Pitts guy, but I don't, I'm not on the fence with Pitts at all because I think all the yards, everything stays the same. Yards might even go up, and I think the touchdowns go up, and that's the only thing he was lacking last year. If he scores more touchdowns, he's a top five tight end. He only had, what, one last year? I think, I don't see how you can anywhere near, projecting that one touchdown no more yard, same yards maybe more plus more touchdowns i think that puts that still makes him a top five tight end in only his second season and i think it's i think it just gets better from here man 
so the question really is, is he worth paying up versus some of the other guys? And the, the guy for me really, like Dalton Schultz is coming into my mind. Um, I had Hawkinson on there, but I think he's going to dud out again. So Pitts is a lot of places the number three tight end, being picked about 31 overall. Schultz and Hawkinson are looking at about 61, 63. You could get Dallas Goddard at 79, um, Zach Ertz at 95, Cole Komet at 121. You can go down. So is it worth going with him for those versus a more con- – I don't know. And that that's why I'm on the fence. Do I think he's a great player? Oh, yeah. Do I think he's a physical specimen? Amazing. I, I, I'm hoping he does well because I traded – uh, the other in one of our leagues the other year, he's my tight end one, and I traded away Kittle because of that. So, I mean, that, that's good. where I'm scared of him. Yeah, it's going to be tough. I mean, you can go either way, but I still think he's, you're not going to be disappointed in Pitts. That's, that's yeah. May, maybe it's more. Maybe it's not so much disappointed, but you have that other hole you got to fill because you left something yeah. else empty there. So, so you, you're on the I'm, tight end train, I'll right? The, I'll go with the tight end. That has been to the top of the mountain, you know, and now starting to come back down. And that's that's Darren Waller. Um, so back when Waller was at his peak, you know, he was the only the only target in town, right? They didn't really have much else. So he was getting 150 targets from Derek Carr. So that happened, what, two years in a row, three years in a row, he was really good. And then last year he gets injured. Uh, what's the receiver? Um Zay Jones or no, the the um Hunter Renfro. Yeah, the white. So Hunter Riffro um, became a target while he was hurt. He had so and he had a good season. Now they bring in Devontae Adams, and now Waller may be looking like the third, the third option here, and that doesn't bode well. Now, granted, it doesn't take much to be a top tight end, but I don't see you paying up for Darren Waller. I think Darren Waller is closer to like maybe 10, 11 tight end at this point. There's several guys that I would pick over him. Oh wow! Like I'm. I'm actually higher in Waller than I have been in a while. I think some of the that pressure he was getting, some of the reason for the the decline in him, other than injuries, which happens to pretty much anybody, was the extra double teams. He's not going to get that this year because they've got a. He won't get the two guys. He won't get a linebacker in a corner on him or whatever he's getting on him because they're going to have Renfro in the slot on one side. They're going to have Adams over there and him. So he's the third option. And an, and another thing that I heard, I think honestly, I think he's even kind of doubting himself in this position because his contract isn't up, and he's asking for extension for an extension coming off a season where he was injured and underperformed. So now he wants to get paid coming off an injury riddled season. So I think he's honest. I think he sees his own writings on the wall that him being paid as a tight, top tight end might be over. He's trying to cash in before it gets much lower. That's yeah, how I, I think see. he saw the Christian Kirk contract and said, I'm going to take anything I can get. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> but would you pay Darren Waller coming off the season he just had when you just got a big-time receiver, and now he's not the number one option anymore? But uh, I, I think he, he to him, him and Pitts on Fantasy Pros half-point PPR are two picks apart. And I, I probably would ju- – I'm a tight end guy, and I would probably skip them both. But I would probably lean Pitts. I don't know. It would depend upon where I, th- I think Pitts will fall a little higher in a lot of my drafts than he does on that. Then he's in that rankings. But I just I have I think Waller's gonna without having those double teams. I think it's gonna help him produce a more consistent season. Is he gonna do one hundred seven, eleven, ninety five, and nine? Probably not. Could I see him getting seventy five, eighty catches for nine hundred yards and nine touchdowns? Quite possibly. 
I could see that because they're, it's the West. The West is the best, and they are going to roll. Yeah, I mean, it might. I can. I mean, it's possible, but I just think there's not there's not going to be enough. Like, those touchdowns won't come with Devontae Adams. Yeah, you want to wrap up with some running backs? Yeah, so I'll go here. I mean, this one's kind of pretty much. I feel like everybody's kind of on the fence with this guy. Yeah, I mean, And that's too. Elijah Mitchell just because of the situation that he's in. And then Shanahan even came out this week and said, you know, he wants to run a committee. So it's just going to be whoever's hot. I think Elijah Mitchell will get the first shot. I think Elijah Mitchell will keep that first shot as long as he plays well and doesn't get injured. But the, at the first sign of injury or at the first sign somebody else starts playing well, they're going to give it to the hot hand. So if you were able to cash in on Mitchell at his peak last year, kudos to you. It's a tough sell right now. I did. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, it's a tough sell right now. You're not going to get very much back in return. So, I mean, if you got it, you pretty much, you know, stuck with him and just hoping that he can be that flex guy. No, oh, I I think you you hit it right, the nail on the head. The Shanahan coming out with that committee thing, it could be a smokescreen. But Mitchell, also, you got the injury concern. I sold him, like, right before the injury. I, I've got one share beam left because I didn't want to get rid of all of them, but I got decent value for him because it is a San Francisco running back. And I, I'm hoping for TDP, Davis Price, to, to step up this year based upon all my rookie drafts. But who knows? You, you could never guess. They're touting Jeff Wilson. They say he's back to health because last year he was still – he wasn't 100%. He was coming back from the end, the ACL, I believe. And I, it's just the San Francisco system. They turn him, they turn him, they turn him. Is he going to break the trend? Who knows? Is it going to be a different running back this year leading the field? Probably. Yeah, so <laughs> my my guy isn't so much that I think he's going to be terrible. It's along with my whole theme here is a guy that – Najee Harris. Najee Harris, It's it, mine is the negative zone. Mine should, mine should be called fear factor. These are guys – my guys are all guys that sort of scare me. Najee Harris is being drafted around the eighth, eighth pick in the draft, so he's after like the big couple there. Um, ahead of like Chase, Mixon, Kelsey, Swift. Swift, I don't even like, I might take before Najee. I'm, I'm worried more because Najee's going to be on a team with Mitchell Trubisky or a rookie a rookie quarterback with a line that is so-so. He was a so-so line last year. And are they going to feed him like they did last year? Probably. He doesn't have Big Ben to give him the dump off. And that's where a lot of those extra points that got Najee so high were he, he had 74 receptions last year, only six yards per reception, which is kind of crazy to think about 74 receptions. And I think that's going to come down. So is he going to be the number eight running back? No. Is he still a, a good dynasty chess for when the Steelers super rebound? I think so, but I'm scared. What's going to happen? Is he going to wear down early or are they going to sort of scale back a little bit to see, what they got in picket because the draft's going to be good, or I, th maybe I should call this the I don't know what to do. Yeah, I mean, like, but uh, that's why we're on the fence about it. We don't know where to go. Are we going this side of the fence? Or are we going that side of the fence? And Najee's a Najee's a, um, a not want to say a question, but I mean, like you said, the catches probably won't be there, but he's still the guy. I mean, yep. he's still going to be, he's still going to get touched. He's still going to get touchdowns. He's going to be the goal line guy. He's a third down guy. And as long as he stays on the field, I don't see how he can't be, you know, even a top five running back. I mean, that's what – of course, that's what everybody's hoping. But, he's like I said, he's going to get all the run. And if he stays healthy, I think Pittsburgh is a good team. They're always a good team. Their quarterbacks are suspect. So he's still going to get some dump-offs. Um, like that yards per uh, average might come up a little bit. But I think, I think he's pretty – I think he's pretty safe. 
I, I really hope so. One of my best teams has him on there. I'm just I'm just scared. It's some, something. He's a run, he's a running back. You're scared of every running back. Like I'm. But scared there's no of, one. Who do you put behind him? Like I'm there's, scared. There's of, terrible. I mean, I'm scared of Jonathan Taylor just because <laughs> he's a running back and there's 20 opportunities in a game for him to get hurt as True. opposed to every other player that's only got like five or six opportunities to get hurt. Like I'm scared of literally every running back. I don't. They're, none of them are safe, man. It's just how it goes. I think that's why we were talking before the podcast about how you were drafting receivers, that you're sort of coming to the dark side more because they don't get hurt as much. I'd rather throw eight dumpster running backs and hope someone hits. <laughs> Especially, like you say, now that the leagues are more PPR, like receivers I feel like are just worth more at this, at, at this stage. And the running backs, with the way they get hurt, they're just going to keep falling because nobody wants to take a risk on them. Because your first-round pick is so important. But at the top, I think you still got to go strong running back because you just, you can't pass it up and be wrong. You just live hope, biting your nails every week. But oh, hey, yeah. guess what, JJ Wayne? Guess what? What? <laughs> Yuck time. <laughs> so it is time for JJ Wang's favorite part of fantasy football: kickers and defenses. And we have two that we're going to highlight this week during yuck time for your leagues that still carry them. We're both in a couple. And I, I, I grabbed some of the low-hanging fruit, and I grabbed mine for a purpose. This week I picked kicker Dustin Hopkins from the Los Angeles Chargers. It seems like the low-hanging fruit to pick, but he's actually the lowest-ranked kicker in the AFC West. The AFC West is going to put up points. Um, he's actually ranked outside of the kicker you would draft unless knuckleheads in your league draft two kickers. He's 16th ranked on fantasy pros right now. So my idea when I have to, when I have leagues with kickers and it's a redraft, I don't draft a kicker unless I'm required to. I wait and then I pick up someone. I play waiver wire kickers for this season. So the West is going to score. He is the 16th ranked draft a receiver that, or a running back or someone who might pick up some tread during the preseason and then pick him up right before the season because he's on a stellar offense and will put up some points. Yeah. I never really understood about people. If you're not, if you don't have to draft kicker, why they draft the kicker? Cause I'd rather yeah. you know, like you take it, like take a chance on a receiver or a running back. And if they don't work out, I mean, you can, you can drop them and just go pick up and just pick up your kicker later. But you know, just get that guy that might, that might pop. But I, um, I went with the defense this time since you went with the kicker. And the way I do defense, I mean, defenses are probably the most spontaneous yep. points in, in fantasy football. I mean, mm -hmm. they're the ones that just you just have no idea because the number one team one year can slide all the way down to, like, number 2017 the next year. So I like to look at teams as far as consistency. Like, who's just always good? So this way I'm going with the 49ers. I mean, there's not a lot of reason. They're just usually – pretty good um they're like a running team eh, i guess they're, i guess you call them a running team so they're not they're not going to run as many plays they're a good team the scores are going to be close so it's probably not going to be as much scoring so that's what you kind of like um i think they'll probably get turnovers they're going to be winning um they're they playing the Seahawks twice <laughs> yeah and they're usually and they're usually good i mean that's just how i go with defenses until they prove me wrong but 49ers plus i like the 49ers they're one of your 17 favorite teams this year. One of my, yeah, I'm gonna have to, <laughs> have to I'm gonna have to, probably gonna have to let people choose who's gonna be my favorite team. Like, I get a list of four or five teams and who they want to be my favorite. That's who I'll root for. 
Just get like five t-shirts and depend who's doing good yeah. right now. And just I'll do like the col- I'll do like the college kids do. <laughs> You're like a nine-year-old boy in school. I like the best yeah. team in the league. Um, this year, I'm taking my talents and going with the Houston Texans or the Buffalo Bills or something. We'll figure it out. That, that wouldn't be trendy, though. I mean, think about how many 22-year-old Patriot fans there are because that's all they know. Oh, there's a lot. They were good. That's a, yeah, I knew some I mean, kid who's 20, he's pretty, never known I mean, losing. I mean, that's what pretty much everybody, I don't say that's what everybody does, but uh, we, when you're yeah. eight, nine years old, I mean, you're not going to root for a loser. Icky shuffle, baby. I was a, I love some bungles back then. I think my very first team that I actually rooted for was the Bears. I think I liked them for a year back in like 85, 86, <laughs> 87. And they were good. You know, they were fun to watch. They had, you know, refrigerator Perry scoring touchdowns and all this other kind of Super stuff. Super Bowl shuffle, man. Yes. I mean, but then it turned into the Cowboys, but. Yeah, so, and now I'm here well, debating whether or not Houston Texans. We are. We got through the negative zone. It wasn't as easy, I think we mentioned, as we thought it would be. But we're going to get ready for some positivity. Training camps will be in full action next week. There's special shows this week. We're going to start going through. We, to to JJ Wang's chagrin, we're going to be doing some rankings, talking about position positions and position battles in the next couple of weeks. So give us some wisdom to go out on, JJ Wang. Well, my wisdom actually has nothing to do with fantasy football. This is like kind of like a big, big week. I don't want to say a big week, but it's kind of like a big moment in my life. I mean, I want to talk about somebody who's literally been part of my life since like I can't remember, right? It's like it's like been like the one consistency through everything. And that's Vince McMahon is finally retiring, right? We all know, I mean, circumstances are whatever they are which one Karen, he's, yeah. he's finally retiring i'm not gonna say i'm upset because i was never a great big huge vince mcmahon fan but without vince we wouldn't be where we're at now and i think wrestling will be better without vince because we got the a newer minds coming in we're not stuck in the 70s we're not stuck with just one person making decisions but i mean i thank vince for everything he's done i mean the attitude era was great right but we all know the attitude area was because of the NWO, not because of Vince McMahon. We all know that's why that started. But he's a great character, regardless of what he did in his, you know, in his private time. I can't, I can't talk to that. But as far as wrestling goes, I mean, if you're talking about a, a Mount Rushmore of wrestling, I think he's he's got to be like the number one guy. That's got to oh, yeah. be that's got to be where you start. But yeah, every seven years old. I mean. Time to go bring in some new faces. Hopefully, this changes wrestling for the better. Yep. Uh, and as always, oh, you want to say something about? I was gonna say he just revolutionized, and if not for him, there wouldn't be anything that's going on now whatsoever. Yeah, it'd be it'd be totally different. But I, I'm I'm not gonna change. I'm still gonna watch it. Still gonna pay attention to it. And as always, trust yourself and trust the process. 